what if terrorists all dressed up as mascots and then on a signal started shooting everybody in Times Square? That would be certainly cinematic. <laughs> From the smallest room in New York City. And almost anything is in Times Square. It's a show that gives you a reason to on live. On Lower East Side. Residents of a public housing building say they're bothered by a peep show operating next door. A public peep show in the form of the very classy public hotel. That's right. Opened by Ian Schrager in June. Seems guests there have been having sex inside their rooms without closing the drapes, without shutting the blinds. In fact, sometimes they have sex right against the windows. I mean, it's almost like they want people to see. Like I said, the name of it is the one and only Public Hotel. Sheets. Yes, the sheets are hot on the Lower East Side. Uh, they quote one local resident here, uh, and this is uh, 89-year-old Leonor Fernandez. Guys are together. Girls and girls are together. They don't even pull the shades down. Nice. That's the point. You know, Fernandez didn't seem so much concerned for herself but for her grandkids, who she says visit her at her apartment several times a week. Now, I do feel bad for this woman. She apparently doesn't realize that that's why her grandkids visit her several times a week, (laughs) because of the hotel. Uh, Another resident at Fernandez's 10 Stanton Street building, 26-year-old dental assistant, Melissa Santo, she said, you see them having sex all the time, hands on the window. It's not like I'm a peeping Tom, but from the corner of my eye, you can see this going on four times a week. Sounds like the corner of your eye is getting a real workout. Uh, rooms at the 28-story public hotel go for about, ah, 200, yes. uh, about two and a quarter a night, and it's a small price to pay to have sex in full view of a dental assistant. With 376 rooms, a great rooftop bar, which hey, becomes a late-night hotspot. Okay. And the public... Uh, two and a quarter a night actually isn't very expensive. No, it promotes uh, itself as luxury for all. Oh, great. Okay. The important thing is, I think we've talked about the public enough. I mean, like, Hot Sheets Hotel is always interesting. I'll I'll be talking about that Monday on the New York City Crime Report on the Compound Media, which you should should subscribe to. $5 a month, et cetera, et cetera. Please do it, because it's so fucking good. Get on that Compound Media and tell them that Pat Dixon from New York City Crime Report sent you. Well... I mean, I do want to know, like, who are the people who go to um, have sex in front of everybody? Well, they're people who, you know, they want to do something weird, but they don't want to, like, actually, you know, uh, meet people. It sounds kind of like, um, I, I really Exhibitionists, suspect, I guess. Exhibitionists, and given that, given the, um, the low price for the uh, hotel rooms, uh-huh. this sounds like something that, like, um, I don't know, Dutchess County suburban swingers... Might be coming down to, uh, you know, uh-huh. I, I'm not so sure it's necessarily shitting up the city, huh? I'm not so sure it's necessarily like going to be, you know, um, I don't. I'm not necessarily sure it's like the eyes wide shut uh, crowd. Oh no, no, obviously like, not. Like, like billionaires and like the hottest models. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I don't think <laughs> I think you're right about that, uh, it, but it, it's, it it's luxury kind of a, for all, you know. Right, and so whenever there's luxury for all, we're we're, we're back at the um, Caribbean cruise. Uh, right, the Walmart of hot sheets, uh, but but still, it's at a certain level. You know what I mean? It's not like going to the airport hotel or something, <laughs> or just the airport bathroom. <laughs> I went to one time in St. Louis. I had a. Uh, there was a girl there that I had kind of like been with a time, and or you know, uh, 
whatever. So I was going to meet up with her while I was in St. Louis. I flew in. She picked me up from the airport. She goes, yeah, my kids are at a birthday party, whatever. Mm. I just left them there. And she was all dressed up. That's why I asked her. So we go to this place called the Airport Hotel. Okay. Oh, and it's uh, we buy two hours of hotel time. Oh, great. And I've never... The sex was forgettable, but what's what's, remem- what's memorable is the... The how thin the washcloths were. Oh right! I've never they. You know that old joke. They were so thin they only had one side. Okay. I've never seen such a threadbare <laughs> thing put out for a guest. Well, typically <clears throat> uh, uh, hotels always have those um, those kinds of uh, towels and washcloths with very very thin nap. But this is like something that they got from like. Uh, a Salvation Army or something. Like, okay. I, they probably the original towels that they hung up the very first time, and uh, and washcloths. It they didn't have the magic fingers, which I, th- I was I kind of had high hopes for that. Oh when you boy. see if you're sleeping on or, or fucking on a bed that is actually forty fifty years old, you think maybe it's still got some of those old kind of you know sure, fun sure. bonuses. Well, this is a, you can't expect magic fingers at the public hotel because it's a little nicer than that. Hot sheets sounds like. Now, here's something very interesting. What's the harm, you say, right? 84-year-old Debbie Gonzalez, she's uh, described by the New York Post as, as a tenant leader, okay? She presented the account of another building resident who looked innocently, just glanced into the direction of the luxury uh, Christie Street Inn and experienced the ugly side of the shenanigans at the public. Okay. I think you know what I mean. A man engaged in a solo performance. He got up, and he was just standing there masturbating. Disgusting. You know what this guy's doing? It's it's still better than any of the other uh, one man shows in the neighborhood that night. You know, uh, I mean, yeah. just, <laughs> right. hear somebody talk about his dad dying. Oh, you're talking about like like off off Broadway black box kind of uh, monologue type yeah. things. Comedians right, who are not right. good comedians. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's kind of the way burlesque dancers are like ugly strippers. Yes, they're less. They're they're not attractive enough, but. They're still sexy, though. Sure, sure. Why not? I mean, I got to tell you, strippers for me have kind of a mercenary look. Modern strippers. You take a stripper from like the '60s or something. Right. I feel like they could. They imperfections were, you know, not even overlooked. They were appreciated. Sure. It's like man, she's got a big ass. Or she's got. I mean, I don't know what. Even the perfect girls, like those uh, ones with the the bunny ears and the mm-hmm. fucking all that mm-hmm. shit. You look at them and you're like, "That's a, you look weird in that bathing suit. Right. It, you know? Uh, but now, you got to be a, like a cyborg or something. Okay. With this well, weird, like, you've you been to a strip club lately? No. Have not. Well, I haven't either. I kind of miss it. News whore Mandy Statmiller likes to go every once in a while. Which are the um, good ones these days? Well, well that's a good question. Uh, the only one I've been to, uh, no, I've been, I've been to the Cheetah and I've been to Sapphire. And I like Sapphire a lot. It's over there by Dangerfields, and, and they got a great deal because uh, I can get one of these passes, and you go in, and it costs you nothing, and you get a drink, and you walk in for free, and uh, and that's it. You know, you, you, they give you a drink for nothing. Okay. Like Coke, whatever you want, and and you sit and drink your Coke, and you look around at some naked women, and they come up and make all kinds of, you know, propositions to you, sure. and they ask you if you want things, and you go, No, nope. thanks, I'm nope. not into you. And then, uh, and then you leave. It costs you nothing, and oh, you were really? in a strip club. Yeah, yeah. Wait, it doesn't cost you a that, damn thing. That's amazing. I, I, I did notice. I was walking around. I, I guess it's in like, you know, the, maybe the the twenties or something. And there, there's one around here, and 
they really advertise their their sushi bar lunch like they have like <laughs> and I, it just seemed really like uh, odd to go to a strip club for lunch and have like chicken wings and uh, California rolls and uh, yeah sliders. So have you, you haven't been? I haven't been. You wonder how bad the food could be and still be, you know, like yeah. on the menu and servable. Right, right. Um, I guess I always imagine whenever I go into a like going to a strip club, oh my god, they're, they're somehow or another they're gonna like screw five hundred dollars out of me. <laughs> well, you have but to be I, careful. I guess I guess they really can't. I mean, if I say no, I'm not interested in getting a special dance from you. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much they can do, right? Yeah. The, and you know what? They'll gladly move on to the next person. That's true. Probably shoot you kind of like a look, like what the fuck's wrong with you? Right. For saying it that way. Right. I'm not interested in a special dance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stranger danger. Uh, there were there were strippers at Sapphire who were uh, and and. They were drugging guys who were business guys, and yeah. then stealing their watches, right. and yeah, going back and doing these like, you know, they're go, we're gonna have a threesome. It's gonna be great, you okay. know. And then of course they go back, and the guy crashes because they drugged him or whatever, and they steal his credit card. And you, and you know what, man, that is so much worse than the shit Cosby did, because Cosby didn't steal their fucking money. He didn't steal their identities. They still they, I, that is worse. They not only. Did they like get physically involved with them after drugging them? I mean, right. they could have done anything. If you drug somebody and and rob them, yeah, that's a huge violation. And and these women are not. Uh, I guess it's because they're not famous. There's probably lots of rapists who don't really make it big like Cosby did as a rapist. That's true. I mean, Cosby was really arguably more famous as a rapist than a comedian. Um. Well, he's pretty famous as a comedian. Pretty famous. But imagine if, say, um, I don't know, Sarah Silverman or some famous female comedian uh -huh. um, was going around drugging people and stealing their watches. Uh -huh. They'd be no notorious. It would be very famous. I guess be, I, that would be. It would be like big news. So that's what's yeah. That, that you're would right. Be the yeah. equivalent. Uh, yeah, regular people, they don't really make a big deal out of it. Right. Just like, like what do you expect from them? Sure. I mean. That's what they're going to do. Well, that's the only thing you have to look out for. Um, do you do you wear a nice watch ever? No. I haven't owned a nice watch ever. Uh, I never have uh, purchased a nice watch. I've never had one. Get, the, I, Comedy Central gave me a watch one time, and I, I couldn't bring myself to wear it. It was so weird looking. Um, what, what kind of watch did Comedy Central give you? It was something to commemorate the half hour special I did or something. I'm looking at my wrist like it's going to be there, but I'm trying to visualize what it looked like. It had like a blue backing. And no numbers at all, and it didn't have any hands on it either, and no digital readout. It was just, it was so clean, there was there was no moving parts on the face. So it doesn't really sound like a watch. <laughs> it seemed that way. It uh, sounds like a um, some sort like of a, a rubber band. <laughs> it's a bracelet of some sort, maybe. Yeah, or one of those ones that they give away at like Chuck E. Cheese for like ten ten tickets. Come to think of it. I'm glad you said that because it it wasn't Comedy Central; it was Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Look what I got! <laughs> you know, uh, I cannot identify who Kid Creole is as a rapper. I don't know his stuff. I wonder if we could find some of that on YouTube. Well, apparently, he 
Uh-huh. Oh, Grandmaster Flash. Yeah, he was with Grandmaster Flash, and he kind of was part of the first rap group to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. So that's pretty significant. Uh, this is something about his arrest. I'm trying to find some songs here by him. Didn't he do Love Song Number 5? Another guy looks just like him that did that. Remember that? You remember Love Song Number 5? No. Oh, boy. It was a real big hit. It was a... It was, how can there be this many videos about him being arrested for murder? There's literally 20, 30 of them. That's a lot. Well, here's another case where someone seems like... Now, now he may become more famous for his murder than he was for his music. You think he might go to the Murder Hall of Fame? Is there one? In the meantime, Pat, you haven't even told your, your, your audience oh, yes. what this guy was arrested for. Well, it's a very... Uh, it's a violent crime. Uh, he's one of the founding members, like we said, of the legendary hip-hop group Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Right. Grandmaster yeah. Flash is a person, no? Uh, yeah, Grandmaster Flash is a person, yeah. Uh, so Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, he was one of the Furious Isn't Five. I'm curious how, ma- how many um, like hip-hop artists and rap singers and stuff give themselves um, kind of hyper-credential themselves. Like Dr. Dre, Queen Latifah. I mean, it's a little silly. MC Hammer. Well, I guess he arguably is an <laughs> MC, but. Uh, well, the 57 year old Bronxite. That's oh, right. He's from. Charlemagne the God. The God. <laughs> what the hell? That's extreme. Did I tell you that? Uh, it's funny. You bring up Charlemagne the God. He has a show on MTV, too. My wife did. Okay. And, and they called her in to do this particular episode, for some reason, uh, about uh, what he calls anal snacking. And you get the idea. I guess. Eating ass. Yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, I my recommendation, I'm against anal snacking. Okay. Because it's going to ruin my anal dinner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I try to avoid it. Uh, now... Uh, but anyway, she did that. I don't know why they called her in for that, but yeah. I guess they figured, well, she'll be an expert on this. Uh, okay. She she won't be revolted. And she went in and it was fine, and she made some money. It's, like, I, I, well, it's, it's a weird business, isn't it? Will you come in and talk about eating ass for a couple of hours? We'll make you up, pay a couple of grand, and mm. uh, you'll be on TV. We'll televise the whole thing. Uh, the 57-year-old Bronxite, his real name is actually Nathaniel Glover, and... Uh, is what you said hyper credential yourself now? Is Grandmaster a uh, yes, <laughs> some like sort Grandmaster of title? Sure, in, in chess, like a Grandmaster is like one of the greatest, you know, chess players. Oh, so that's what he's claiming to be. You know, it's obviously like that. he's repping himself as a uh, as a chess genius. He had gotten into a shouting match apparently with a guy, and and now uh, this is uh, I'm talking about. 57-year-old man, Nathaniel Glover, formerly of Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Kid Creole. Back in the, the day, he was arrested at his home in Mount Hope uh, after allegedly killing the individual on Tuesday night who he stabbed. He got into a shouting match with him, he, and uh, the guy he killed is 55-year-old John Jolly. Uh, so that puts an end to him in his jolly ass. Uh, a registered sex offender uh, was Jolly. And uh, they should just say, hey, thanks. You know what I mean? Thank you for taking that guy off the fucking uh, sidewalk, you know? Well, you I know. I mean, really. 
I mean, do you really think that it's good that he killed this person? For yes. Him, for He's no starting reason? fights out on the street. He's, uh, you know. But it, this it, goes back to what we were saying before. Just because, all right, Kid Creole was, from what I gather, he was walking to work. He yeah. passed this homeless guy yes. who started berating him. And I would, most people don't get involved. You're like, okay, okay, very nice. But for some reason, some people feel compelled to respond. Like, hey, you can't talk to me that way. And so he doubles back. I heard the, the police explain exactly how this happened. Well, let me let me see this now. Oh, you, yeah, you did. You, uh, Robert Boyce, he explained it. Yes. At a press conference that you were at. Was that a press conference? Is that what that was? Or a briefing yeah, was, or something? Was, well, every month the NYPD, at the beginning of the month, they review the previous month's crime stats. Oh, I see. And they do this publicly? Yeah. And, uh, well, okay, interesting. And you, you attended? I attended, and someone asked about this killing. And so they went into, they, you know, they'll go into detail and explain what happened. And according to the video evidence, you know, he walked by the guy, and the guy said something, and he turned back, and then he turned back again, and then he came back, and he had a knife. And he stabbed him two times mm. and then left. And uh, Two times. It, yeah, it just seems like, why bother? Like, what's the point? Yeah, I, it's like I, I cannot have this homeless motherfucker say these things to me and live. Uh, right. What he says is uh, after the incident, Glover apparently fled, uh, which is what normally happens after a, a stabbing, and he left Jolly, who was drunk, bleeding on the sidewalk. Cops later found him. They thought he was just too intoxicated to stand, but then noticed multiple stab wounds in his chest and rushed him, rushed him. Oh, my God. Yeah. To Bellevue Hospital, where he was pronounced dead. Uh, now, a high-ranking police source said that the Post uh, told the Post that Jolly was an ex-con. He did six years on rape charges. So he's, I guess he's uh, atoned. You know, he's done his time. He's paid his debt to society. And uh, after being found by the officers, he refused to cooperate with the police, of course. Even declined to ID his uh, <laughs> killer or go to the hospital. Hmm. I guess he didn't think he was going to die, as Source said. I mean, it was like this guy doesn't he care if he really was care, yeah. Look, I'm John Jolly, the homeless sex offender, and uh, the guy looks uh, not in any way jolly. He looks like uh, he looks like the kind of homeless guy that you do go, oh, fuck, one of those. Right. You know? But, I mean, if somebody like that yell, I mean, I can't imagine in a million years getting involved with a drunk homeless guy just cursing mm. at me. I mean, you don't even want to touch a guy like that with your shoe, even. You don't even want to kick him. It would be like taking it personally if a squirrel passed in front of you. Like getting mad about the rain or something. It's I just mean, part even of the that atmosphere. makes more sense because it's touching you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you can get irritated by I mean, that. I would say, like, I don't know, once a week a homeless person starts screaming at me. Right, once a week? I don't know. Why? Fancy pants subway are you riding? I, I I don't really get I don't ever get screamed at by homeless people. Seldom. I think they just look at me and go, there's no point. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I, like like I'm not really I'm not saying you invite this. No. I'm not I'm not victim blaming here. No. It's sort of like when people ask me for a cigarette and uh I just kind of look at usually I can just look at them. But what I say now is that uh it's illegal to sell cigarettes and I don't do that. That's an ex. Well, suppose they just ask you to give them one. I say I can't afford to give away cigarettes. They cost fourteen dollars. It does seem kind of like um, 
I mean, I used to smoke, and the cigarettes I would buy, I mean, this is when Marlboros were like $2 a pack. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So, oh, sure, you want a cigarette? Yeah, why not? Here's a, you know, throw it, giving away dimes. It's not that big a deal. But sure. Yeah. I can't imagine it. Being neighborly. Cigarettes are like practically a dollar. I mean. They're, it's interesting. You know, the only people who get pissed off, young white guys, they get who, kind of fucking who, entitled. Who, who, and, well, because they're like, I, I like to smoke when I drink, and I just had a few <laughs> beers, and now I want a cigarette. Give me one. Yeah. That, I only that, smoke when I drink, and I drink every night. <laughs> I smoke two packs a day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the whole. Um, I, do people assume that? Uh, oh, you smoke. We're part of like a secret fraternity, so we give each other cigarettes. It is something like that. Yeah, it's like being part of a club. It's like it's there's something kind of conspiratorial about it sometimes. But it's also funny because it's like they're not hard to get. That's the other, and that's what I told a guy the other day. Very similar to that. He's like, he stopped me. He's like, "Hey, man, come on, a cigarette." And I'm like, "What?" Okay. Always, yeah, okay. oh, dude. They've got them everywhere. No. And no, he's no, like, no. "Yeah, no, I get you." But I almost want to start smoking so I can tell people, "No, <laughs> you can't have a cigarette." Yes, it's so fun. Or okay, yeah, you can have one of my cigarettes. Can I have a bite of your sandwich? <laughs> How about a big kiss? Yeah, can I? Sure, sure. You know, ladies never ask for cigarettes. Never. Is that true? Uh, not 100%, but I mean, like, very few. They, I, I don't have women asking me for cigarettes very much. I won't give them to them either. I don't, I don't show them any fucking respect. I give my friends cigarettes anytime. Well, Anybody I'm friends with, I'm like, here, have sure, a cigarette. Sure, cigarette. Sure. But just, like, strangers who walk up, you know. Well, it's a weird assumption of, um, of familiarity and uh, complicity that doesn't really doesn't really have any basis. Well, not only that, yeah, but they're they're it's it's if they know that's not real, but they're treating you like a mark. Like you're going to be very happy to be included by them, you know what I mean? I I look a little more square than I happen to be. Now my journalistic integrity is intact though. Now that guy's dead. Goodbye John Jolly. And uh let's listen to some Grandmaster Flash if we can find him. How about this? Furious 5 Scorpio. Why not? Yes, this track is uh you know, I, I should probably give some credit to the record company or something, uh, just to make sure that uh, there isn't any sort of a, an issue. Well, if you just play a few seconds of it. It's brilliant. I love that robot voice. I actually remember this. Why did it take so long for this to enter the Hall of Fame? That's like one of the great racist tragedies of our age. Shake it, baby. I'm a robot that wants you to shake it. And this it. shows us, and this is what, when, this is from like 1979 or something. Yeah, this is a but this is original 1982, the 12-inch version. So I think oh. uh, the 79 initially. And it's so amazing to see how far this kind of music has come. What well, funk? What kind of music is this? Is this this is not hip hop? It isn't. I, I mean, I would. This doesn't sound like hip hop to me. Uh, it sounds more. <laughs> what it sounds like, it sounds like your nephew with his Casio. Yeah. Uh, it, it sounds. Very primitive now, doesn't really? I guess like, so. like a voice thing, but then again, Peter Frampton ain't all he used to be either, you know. Right. 
So this is Grandmaster Flash. Yeah. Does does he always is that? <laughs> Are the vocals always like that? Here's another song. If it sounds like that, then All we'll right. do it. No, they're not, because I know the, the message or whatever is like... Uh... Why don't you play their big song? It was a party night. Everybody was breaking. The highs was screaming and the bass was shaking. And it won't be long till everybody know when that flash was on the beatbox. Go when that flash was on the beatbox. Go when that flash was on the beatbox. Go that sounds like Weird Al. It sounds like parody music. And the beatbox, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like Weird Al is much more clever than that. Had a brilliant idea, myself and Ryan Katsu Rivera. That's Asian me. We, we're going to start doing an act, Weirder Al. Okay. Where we parody Weird Al songs, but make them weirder. Oh, like what? You know, like, like say, Eat It, you know, would yeah. be like something... Just comp- like feet it. Like it wouldn't feet even us. wouldn't even make <laughs> feet us. <laughs> oh Christ! It sounds like feed us. So it, it's uh, okay. It's I like see. wordplay. It now be, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's almost I not weird it. enough. Yeah. No, I see. Uh, a city worker uh, pleaded guilty to kitty porn charges on Long Island in 2015, but somehow managed to get a job with the city's uh, health and hospital corp. Uh, where the feds say he downloaded more disgusting child pornography on his work computer. I hate disgusting child pornography. Uh, Daniel, you don't really have to say that, do you? The, the, the adjective is wasted. Daniel yeah. Sherlock, <laughs> Sherlock, 31. Do you think people give him that a lot? Like, well, way to go, Sherlock. <laughs> I would think, yeah, right? <laughs> East Meadow, he was arrested. Uh, no, wait, you said he already had a charge, and then he still got the job? Back in 2015, yeah. He somehow managed to get a job with the city's health uh, and hospitals corp. And then he downloaded more porn while he was there. Didn't even appreciate his good fortune, apparently. Why? I mean, I don't understand why you would be doing it at work. Yeah, it, the only it, reason would be you don't have a computer at home or it's monitored by the police. Oh, good point. Maybe he's... Uh, because if he already had the charge, they might not be letting him, um, you know, have his own Facebook and shit, or uh, whatever. Yeah, it's it's they really get up your ass once you've done something like that, don't they? They get up there and stay there. I I think that's fair. I'm not saying it's a bad but thing. But what's weird is isn't this the second case of a city worker? Because we did this a few weeks ago with the head of the um, Manhattan Young Democrats. Yeah. Who, uh, what was his name? It was a Schwartz. Yes, it was Schwartz. And Jonathan Schwartz. I can't remember his first name, but he worked for uh, maybe Department of Information Technology or something. He was the uh, president of the Young Democrats. Right. Yes. But then he worked for the city. And then he worked for the city. And he uh, had, as I recall, uh, child pornography of like six month olds. Yeah, and, and uh, strangely, in his case, um, he had a very, very understanding support group that was, like, trying to assist him and help him and support him in any way because of his illness, his sickness. Even, I mean, right. like, you, you might... He was ex- in treatment. Yeah, it... it uh, Which basically means he'd already been caught doing it at some point. Yeah, exactly. Like, so well, we were there, afraid of this. Is there something going... Is the, is the de Blasio administration... Part of the Pizzagate scandal. I think that's where we're headed with this, isn't it? Uh, it, it? Really, all roads lead to Pizzagate. 
Uh, oh. Talking about Daniel Sherlock, uh, he was arrested. Uh, it, but well, Health see, and Hospitals de- Corporation well, is depart- kind of a separate um, health and hospitals. Is yeah. that what he worked for? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he worked. Yeah, he, he's exactly Health and Hospital Corp. Uh, so, what did he do? Was he a child psychiatrist? <laughs> he's uh, yeah, actually, he was. He was a child psychiatrist who specialized in molesting therapy. Uh, he landed a post with HHC, the nation's largest public health care system, and one of the city's largest employers, as a senior consultant for management information systems. Okay. Jesus. That's a title. That sounds like somebody who doesn't have to do anything, really. Senior consultant for management information systems. Well, it just means he was um, like a, probably a network technician or something. Mm-hmm. That sounds better. Right. So I, he probably figured he knew how to, um, you know, get on to... You know the the deep web, or mm-hmm. he knew how to like disguise his IP address so he could, you know, uh, trade kitty porn with other um, degenerates. Well, uh, is it is it okay to go on the dark web if um, is it is it illegal to just go there in itself? I mean, you should talk to my daughter about this because she she read about the dark web and now she's like really terrified about it. Oh, good. And she, she should be. She asks questions like if I just do a Google search for dark web, will the government arrest me for, um, you know, looking to see, find out what it is? And I tell her, probably. Yeah. <laughs> that A question like that didn't I, even exist I don't know. When I was a child. I, I mean, I don't know if you can just go. I mean, I, 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 First I, of all, I don't know. think you'll get there by Googling dark yeah, web. Yeah, I don't think it works that way. I oh. think it kind of operates. All of a sudden, uh, like, like there's like the Google page clouds up and rains, you know, and yeah. a st- like the storm and clouds come in and. Right. And uh, you are there. And you, <laughs> um, you look around. Yeah, and, I think it operates like off the World Wide Web. It's not like um, in right. the same system. Yeah. Um, but there's some. It's accessible, obviously. If people go there and they watch, you know, live torture and 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 they Do see, they? <laughs> from what I've told, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like I believe everything that I see, hear, read. Sure. I, I, some people believe, you know, half of what they see, none of what they hear. Some people believe nothing that they hear or see. I believe everything that I see and hear because it's just so much. It's much more interesting that way. Well, you know, it certainly makes for good um, podcast fodder. I think so. So I. So what's going on there is like people torture babies, they rape babies, and people are like, 15 grand, cut that baby's head off, and then whack, there it goes. Okay. Uh, it's just a... At this, I think your daughter and I might be reading the same shit. I, it sounds like it. No, uh, she got very um, terrified about Pizzagate recently. Really? Yeah. Well, she she thinks the Democrats are going to come get her. She, she she might she might be terrified about that. I mean, you know, Democrats outnumber Republicans six to one in New York in City. New York City, and uh, for that that terrifies me for a number of reasons. You know, like when we saw the women's march coming up Broadway, okay, and or Fifth Avenue, whatever it was, and it it was a it was a, the sound that came off of that crowd of a couple hundred thousand ladies. Mm-hmm. It was really kind of, it was very, you know, there's something you can find where these Apaches are all blowing these war whistles at yes. the same time. That's what it was like. They would come up in these, like, whooping waves yeah. of sound and cheering, and and it was nonsensical. There was nothing to cheer. Yeah. Uh, they should be sad because they lost the election. Right. But instead, they they have some kind of rebellious spirit. 
and and just, they're linked up with Sarsour. Just hearing this makes me think about the um, the flying monkeys in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> that was that was a, one of the creepiest little details. That was just a detail, basically. You know, she has these flying monkeys that are just super creepy. Yeah, that that's will... kind of what made them so creepy is that they were incidental. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they weren't trying to be scary. Can I ask something funny about The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Um, well, at the end, okay, so they've all been looking for, like, uh, the Tin Man wanted a heart, and the Scarecrow wanted a brain, and the Lion wanted courage. Mm -hmm. And they go to the Wizard, and, okay, it turns out he's not really the Wizard. He's just this guy. Yeah. But then he gives them, every, he gives them all what they wanted. Sort of. But he's still a fraud, and he's just giving them bullshit. He's just like, like it's, it's, yeah. It's kind of like Red is like, oh my god, they got what they wanted, but no, they didn't. They just got another. He, it's like a con man who just keeps pulling cons. Well, you know, he will continue. That's he's <laughs> he's a con. Such man. is the fate of a con man, you know, and and those who interact with him, <laughs> right? To be. Uh, she, now, one thing though, he did come through with going home. You know, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. happened. Yeah. She got to go home. That was a, a, ta a, a what do you call it? A uh, not really a, because she didn't tangible get it. thing. She, oh yeah, got the ruby slippers and all that shit, and she like taps them together, and then she made it happen. But that had nothing to do with him. Well, uh, didn't like I don't recall was, the movie. He was that supposed moment. to get in the balloon. She was oh, supposed to get right. in the balloon, and then the balloon takes off, and he's like, "See you later." <laughs> right. <laughs> so he provides nothing. Well, you know, it's. I think what it, what the movie is trying to tell you is that uh, when you go down this journey looking for a magic wizard, you know, to give you the things that you should be looking for in yourself, uh, you know, in fact, this wizard does give them something by pointing out, or or by at least making the journey necessary that they did take uh -huh. in order to, you know, he, he really he could be anything. It doesn't matter. It's like say they get there and and the guys just. Uh, there's just nothing, you know. There's just <laughs> yeah. Get there, there's just nothing there. They go, wow, we really worked hard to get here, though. You know, I guess I did show a lot of heart. I had a lot of courage, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, you know, he did give the didn't he give the guy the Tin Man uh, like a necklace that was like a medal that had a heart on it or something to symbolize a heart. I thought it was like a um, like an alarm clock or something that. <laughs> I mean, it was just bullshit. <laughs> Here's the thing: windy, ticky, shiny. Uh, they were. There was a, an assortment of characters walking down the yellow road. And it was, uh, oh, and what she wanted to go home, right? That's what it was I with guess. her. She, she was she, she should have been trying to get off drugs. She's like, "Can you get me off drugs?" <laughs> I didn't see the women's march. Terrifying. Uh, it sounds it. I I tend to try to avoid things like that, but uh, I think I was uh. also just still so. Um, well, I guess I was at work, but oh no, I wasn't. But I was elated. I was just in, still in in a state of elation over. Um, yeah, you're still having that that 48 hour orgasm uh, associated with the inauguration. I think I'm still having it. <laughs> <laughs> you should go to the Hot Sheets Hotel, the public. Hot Sheets. Let the world see. Just like just like they did. I talked to one woman who was German, and I was like. So why do you uh, dislike Trump? Why do you oppose Trump? And she goes, I, anyone who has a brain, uh, IQ at all, you know, it's like, uh -huh. who oppose Trump? She says that he's like Hitler, 
except not as clever as Hitler. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> he should well, want to be more like Hitler. <laughs> like, wow, that's certainly uh, something you just said. Uh, she was the most pleasant one I talked to. Oh, uh, they they seem to think that they were going to have all the rights taken away. Has anybody's rights been taken away? Anybody's? Mm, not that I can. Oh see. wait, some. Well, it depends on if you define military service for transgenders as a right. Yeah. Or a privilege. I, I always thought military right. service was a privilege. That's what I always was told. Um, yeah. I mean, you don't have the right. I don't have the... I mean, because I, I would get turned down just for uh, my age at this point. I yeah, think. me I too. Mean, how old do you have to be to just not have to worry about it? Because I think I'm there. Um, I think I've been there, I probably. think at our age, we could get into the military if we were medical doctors. <laughs> Wow. And so, they needed us for some reason. Uh, then I'm going to continue my practice of avoiding med- medical school. Okay. And because uh, I don't want to take the risk. Do you remember the case of. Uh, oh, this will sound. Anyway, what's going on with the uh, De Nudas, the Dace Nudas? You know, uh, I, I think what goes on with De Nudas, these are the nude women who are, um, you know. Uh, down and they're basically naked in Times Square. Yeah, uh, they have a little underwear on and they have you know they re- get... very realistic bodies painted up like American flags. Yeah, they're now, great. They are great. They're fun to look at. They're very friendly if you just smile at them. You know, I mean, like I don't like a, who are these people getting attacked by these people? It's like don't take a picture with them unless you want to give them money. If you don't give them money, they're going to be cunts. That's the way it works. Yeah. That's the way it works with everybody in the world. Right. And so, and since they're standing there naked, I think they have this added element of like, you know, hey, come on, man. So, sure. So, okay. so uh, what's your theory on, I, I fear the Post needs a cover every once in a while. So oh, they go, hey, we'll throw well, a sexy that's lady. What, that's there. what de Blasio said. Really? You agree, you and de Blasio are in agreement. I mean, <laughs> even a broken watch is right twice a day. How about a watch like the one you had with no hands? It's never right. It's never right. <laughs> it's um, no, even. I mean, look, still, I, I, I don't know. I mean, whatever. I, I've kind of given up on the dishnudas and like really caring about it. Yeah, um, it isn't really a thing. Well, they're there. Well, they roamed. They show? roamed free like three years ago, and what, what was the yeah, big deal? You know, who it is it's this Times Square Alliance. They can't stand the thought of anybody else getting any of their money. Of the, of the tourist money. There's all these tourists down there. And if you spend money taking photos with some stupid mascot, then you're not going to come in and buy their stupid, you know, M&M shit. I find the mascots extremely annoying. Do they? Um, really? Why? Do they, do they bother you? Well, I don't walk through Times Square very frequently. Yeah. Um, you know, well, they're all illegal immigrants, and they do, that just annoys me. Oh. And um, it just... Uh, their kind of attitude, like I've talked to some of them and been to some of their rallies, and their attitude that they're actually that they're anything but beggars. Oh, I see. That they're doing a service. That they're hard workers. Oh, I see. Yes. Like stealing some an image, a cartoon image that they had nothing to do with, and then trying to pretend. Like if you hear them talk, they're like, "I'm Elmo. I'm just trying to make people happy." It's like you're not fucking Elmo. You just got a disgusting old matted Elmo costume from, like, some fucking secondhand costume supply store in uh-huh. Edison, New Jersey. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're not the Cookie Monster. You're not fucking Spider-Man. Yeah, the Spider-Men tend to be trouble. It's almost like these these people who are into, um, 
you know, what do they call it when you play dress up nowadays? Auxiliary police? <laughs> no. You know, um, some oh, cosplay. Yeah. Cosplay. Cosplay, yeah. It's like, it's like if crim- like, it's like a criminal element doing cosplay and losing touch with reality and demanding money. Yeah. Uh, I see your point. Didn't they, they came to, uh, some like was it city hall the courthouse or something and yes on mass and, and they they wanted to testify yeah regarding their value to you know society yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and they were saying things like people come down you know and then you know they see me in times square and then while they're there they they take in a broadway show too you know yeah he thinks that he's the attraction right and then they figure hey while we're here look there's apparently a theater scene here right <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was a f- an extremely well. And and when they went down there to testify, they kept testifying. They they wanted to do it like I'm Green Lantern. <laughs> yes, like, one was f- dressed as the penguin, I think. Yeah, it's like just it's really it, it, it drives me crazy. They're just like they're the ultimate parasites. Yeah. And then they, I mean, they're parasites in the sense that they're like, one, they're beggars. Yeah. And two, they're like stealing someone else's you know intellectual property. Oh, that's true. And then, to top it off, I mean, I haven't really experienced this, but you read about it, they go and, like, surround some hapless tourist and steal their money. Well, they insist that... They're like, okay, okay, take a picture, take a picture. They compel them, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, they're, like, grabbing money out of people's wallets and stuff. Yeah. And according to the... The Post, you know, I don't know if you're going to, you know, how how much you're going to credit this... Uh Um. They wander outside of their little prescribed areas, and the cops just don't really do anything about it. Well, They're like, well, of course they don't, because it's a sanctuary city. And to do something about that, say, if they get swept up in the criminal justice system over walking outside, doing right. business where they're not supposed to be doing business, they have a clearly delineated... It's literally, don't step across this line. Yeah. And they do, of course, because I would say... It's harder to make money when you're confined in a little area. If you get a little bit of you know sure. freedom of motion, I don't really see this. I never had I never had a problem with them running around everywhere, except that uh, they, where I see it being dangerous. And I, I've said this before. I know what's going to eventually happen. There's going to be a shooting where one of these guys is just going to have like a couple of Uzis. You know what I mean? And like these big paws, and then like reach down to like pinch a kid's cheeks or something, and just fucking just liquefy his face. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's a terrorist will disguise himself as um, mm-hmm. Elmo and just do that? Right. That'd be interesting. Or the Hulk or something, you know. Uh, anything with a big hand element, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, it, it, what if they did that? What if terrorists all dressed up as mascots and then just like uh, on a signal started just fucking shooting everybody in Times Square? That would be certainly cinematic. Yeah. <laughs> But almost anything is in Times Square. Uh, we'll be right back with more Seth Barron. Where's that damn music coming from? Sounds like a pornographic. No. Yeah, it sounds like. That's not what it is. Sexy it with like. dogs and sweaters. Why? Why? Same aside as what it was. Here we go. Polusco live at Tampa General tonight, where a mother is getting serious treatment for very serious bites. Mike. 
Paul Ashley, you know, pretty terrifying that mom rushed here to Tampa General Hospital. She had severe bites to her arms. Police telling us this all started because that mom tried to dress her dog up in a sweater. I like the way they point that out. He didn't like that sweater. Covered in his own blood and probably the blood of his owner, Brenda Guerrero. She was attacked late this afternoon outside her Tampa home. The female was trying to put a sweater onto a pit bull mix. The guy can barely keep a straight that face. That guy can barely not laugh. The dog named Scarface wouldn't let go. Guerrero's husband, Ismael, tried pulling him off. No luck. The son tried to save them as well. Grabbed a knife and stabbed the dog, trying to help them out. Well, how'd that go? Stopped the dog either. They used beanbag rounds from a shotgun and a taser. They tased the dog. The dog was still pulling away and was able to release the prongs from the taser. But now, you see, why, why didn't they just shoot him? Like, tase the dog. Oh, you don't want to shoot that dog. That dog's a nice dog. Don't shoot it. Who who had the taser? Was it the police? Yeah. Huh. That's what they said. Oh, so they said, please don't kill him as half their face is hanging off. Yeah. They said, please don't That's hurt him. That's how much they like that dog. Please don't hurt the sweater. They like him. I'm going to return it. Petco. Yeah, I know. The sweater. You don't well, like they that want it, you. I, I don't. I, I know. It, you it, don't like that's that. how you are. If I don't acknowledge a joke, <laughs> I don't like it. Don't keep saying it. Sweater. We get it. Damn. What bugs me is that they said, so "Don't you know? You got to be gentle." Uh, Scarface. You know what I mean? You know what he said right before he bit her? What? Say hello to my little friend. Let's talk about his teeth. Hear what else they say? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about the I mean, real element of surprise. Oh, my God. I mean, a lot of times you have people that are dressed up in funny costumes. They go rob a bank, but they already look out of place the moment they walk in. With right, them. right, right. There, no one, would ha no one would suspect it at all. No. Winnie the Pooh. Like, you know, uh, there's probably some wordplay I could think of there. but I, So, uh Let's let's hope that that never happens because it's really going to be bad for the area. It would you be know? terrible. It would be terrible. It would be terrible for the Times Square Association. The whole Times Square like, Alliance. Yeah, they'll be they yeah. would be really upset by that. They'd be like, I knew this mascot shit was going to come to no good. You know what? Um, apparently, I think uh, that would get everybody on board with Trump, though. They talked to. Um, Warner Brothers and Disney. They were like, "Look, these people are stealing your." your property mm -hmm. don't you want to do something about it and they were like nah we're not getting involved what are you talking to me <laughs> no seriously we, we make I'll never mind just no we're not worried about it well also you know th those guys are chiseling you know a hundred bucks a day on on the you know saturday right. and they don't feel like getting involved with a bunch of you know immigrants like well yeah that's and that's why the cops won't arrest them because they don't want they, they they'll get deported so do you feel that like um, now this this is here's how crime is involved because these are crimes that be that are committed sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like technically a crime to like go and solicit and tips and stuff like that. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Where even if you're in a funny costume, even if you're dressed as Batman or something, you can't bother people. Uh, well, you can't really you can't wear that costume outside of the lines, I guess, right, and do yeah. do all that photo shit. If you're one, so like. It's that, and it's also jumping turnstiles and stuff like that. It's like all these lower-level crimes. They're trying to basically kind of take off the books, make them a summons. They keep they, it's not a criminal thing. So that is 
that's been going on for a while. Yeah. It's been going on since pre-Trump. So it's like I think that the immigrant issue really and 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 it it all that is it's a it's a wedge, it's a tool. It's like their way of like going, well now we need to step this into hyperdrive because all these immigrants will be deported and they don't want and, and they kind of like tell people that families are going to be ripped apart and shit like that. And I'm talking about, you know, your city council, your Melissa, Mark Viverito, whoever sure. the strategists are. Sure. Don't you do you uh do you see what I mean by that? That it's like it, that that's an excuse really to just like change the laws. Uh but they were cuz they were already doing that. They were already like making everything more legal and making it but they they said the same thing about blacks. They didn't want blacks get uh, young Latino kids and stuff. They didn't want people to get caught up in the criminal justice system because they, you know, uh, smoked a joint on the street or something. Yeah, I mean, look, you you identify a group as particularly vulnerable, mm-hmm. and then you say such and such a law, such and such a government action has a disparate impact, disproportionately affects mm-hmm. this group. Yes. Um. Sure, Muslims. Uh, tra- I mean, the new one is trans women of color. Trans women of color. Yes, you hear There's about a, this. Now, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. A lot of intersectionality there. Yeah, a lot of intersectionality, but I mean. A lot of the trans women of color who are getting killed, all right, for one, some of them are being killed by other trans women of color. Because when you get down to it, when you're talking about trans women of color, you're talking about black guys (laughs) who kill a lot of people, especially each other. So I'm not trying to be mean. You're saying statistically uh, they they, they kill a lot of people. You're saying like that is a documented thing. And 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 it's not for me to agree or disagree. That's just simply a fact. It's simply a fact. And, you know, there was recently a big case. I I don't have the name right at the top of my head. But there was recently a case of a trans woman of color who was murdered. Mm -hmm. But she ran with a gang of other trans women of color. And they were involved in some beef or dispute with another gang of trans women of color. Like I said, it's a bunch of black guys who, um, whatever, they got in a big fight and they they killed. So, now, okay, I'm not saying that every trans woman of color who was killed is killed by another trans woman of color. No, in fact, I can I can cite an example who wasn't. Uh, there was, uh, I, I, and I forget the name, too, like you say, because this is a while back. It was just one of those crimes. Walking down the street on 125th Street, I believe it was, and a guy was interested in her, whistled or something. He, he began speaking, and he was so appalled when, when he found out who he was talking to that he murdered the uh, person. Right. That's the, as the story goes. Yeah. Uh, um, so that was not uh, an, was, uh, not murdered by another trans. Sure, sure. Um, but, yeah, you've got, you know, oh, immigrants. So now uh, the DAs of um, the, the Brooklyn DA has said, okay, from now on, Anytime we're going to be charging somebody, we have to take into account the um, possible consequences yes. of immigration status. This is Eric Hernandez, right? Eric Gonzalez. Eric Gonzalez. The acting DA. He's the acting DA, and he'll probably be elected, do you think? I mean, like, is anybody challenging him for that? Yeah, uh, he, he has he has challengers. Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, well, he's making all the right moves. Yes. I mean, that's a real smooth thing to say in the city. The, really, the more... Yeah, except none of those people can vote. So. The, the more the more obscene... That's all right. All the guilty white people can vote. You yeah. know, they're the ones who that really appeals to. Right. Uh, they vote for the thing that sounds the least uh, like what America should be. 
<laughs> you right. know, like the thing that sounds like just the just the sickest thing that that could possibly yeah, exist. Yeah, sure. And, and, and really, that's not a bad way to go. I mean, like at least you know where you stand. You know, uh, so like what they want to do is take into consideration when somebody. Uh, what does that exactly mean? Take it into consideration, like uh, like give them special uh, allowances. Give them. We want to cut them in particular the best deal possible, so we don't lose them. Now, the reason they don't want to lose it. What if what if immigrants were, by and large, hardcore Republican voters? Do you think that that Eric Gonzalez would make so many allowances for them? Say they're one hundred percent immigrants are a solid voting block for the GOP. Would would they be taking special care like that? I, I don't think it's it, it would um, be working out uh, as it is now. No, I don't think it would. Uh, and uh, you know, it's immigration. It's, I've never seen it be. I mean, like I've always heard people debating about immigration, shit like right. that. But now it's like really heated. I'll say. You notice that? Not yeah. between us. I mean, we. <laughs> no, I think we pretty much agree. We have like kind of a. Uh, we, 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 I, I don't, I don't know what we would disagree on uh, when it comes to something like that. It seems like such a look. Something about the issues these days to me just seems really. Uh, everything seems pretty clear. I can remember in 1986 riding the bus. This was in Washington, and there was a sign up on the bus saying, "Okay, there's been an amnesty. If you've been in the country for such and such years, mm. and." You can get your status regularized. And this was all supposed to be the end of it. <laughs> I know. Right. Okay, we're good. Everybody's caught up. That doesn't work. No. They, uh, it's, it's funny how they, they, the ones who aren't here yet, they don't go, oh, did you hear? Right. They're never going to shut them. You know, one quarter mm-hmm. of, of El Salvador is in the United States now. Really? Yeah. One quarter of the population? Yes. Uh. I mean, I don't even know if that's a lot. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, the Sun's eulogy for the jump uh, plunge duo. How about oh, that? This no, I, I didn't hear about the it. The chiropractor and his wife who jumped off. Now, the son of that uh, financially strapped couple who jumped their deaths in Murray Hill, a.k.a. Curry Hill, last week, said Thursday. Well, he said he was furious with them for ending their lives, but will always love them. Now, they... Tried to prepare him for this. They did. They told, they told him, him if you lose everyone you love, you can keep your faith. And I think that he's maybe that's why he's so furious, mm. actually, because he's like, you fuckers, you you you, you were planning it all along because all the signs are there now. He says, Mama and Papa, I want you to know that I am angry. Jesus, he's 19 years old. Joseph Scarpelli. I have ne- I never called my parents Mama and Papa. That sounds so old world or something. Mama and Papa. Mama, Papa. Like you should be wearing a night shirt <laughs> at the uh, Church of uh, St. Ignatius Loyola. So they were Catholics, as you said. But my anger will never be greater than my unconditional love for you both. Okay, well, it's boring. Uh, it sounds as if he just uh, mentioned he, w- he mentioned he was angry okay. <laughs> in his eulogy. Well, I would they, think. They wanted to squeeze one more story out of the jump couple. Yeah. Not going to work here. Teacher charged in a reckless shove of a boy, age nine, in violent Brooklyn, a violent Brooklyn elementary school teacher charged with reckless endangerment on Thursday for allegedly shoving a nine-year-old student's face into a radiator. Oh, shit. My goodness. Those radiators are hard. Imagine if it was, like, on. Sometimes they're hot. Yeah. 
40-year-old Sharon Roberts. Wow, what a mean teacher. Yelled at the boy before shoving him uh, during the incident last month. This is at, at uh, the infamous PSK 369 in Borum Hill. Yeah, you expect a school like that to uh, sort of keep an eye on things and make sure that these kids are not getting abused. I mean, but the... Uh, it, this is very interesting. Yeah. Who the fuck you think you're talking to? Roberts allegedly yelled at the student. Okay. That's surprising. That's um pretty strong language. Yes, it's, it's uh it's it's certainly something that I uh, know who who had been uh, verbally abusive to her. So the kid's been ver- verbally abusive to her. He probably used a lot of swearing too. 9-year-olds now, I don't know when you started swearing, but I was in my teens. Um I probably was I don't know about when I was 9. But you know what? Um the New York City, another de Blasio initiative, uh, last week he went out, he had a big um, press conference with the Chancellor of Schools, and uh, 30 schools... Carmen Farina. Carmen Farina, 30 schools in D.C. now, not in D.C., in, New, in NYC, have introduced um, restorative justice programs, and oh. they, they have purchased therapy dogs. Whew. So there will be My therapy dogs goodness. on site, so kids um, can hug the dogs. Uh, just all, just all the t- not on like a a field day or something, but like. No, no, it's there all, all the time. All the time. Yeah, the kids too. It's going to calm them down. They they because because just because now where are these schools? Are they in, in bad neighborhoods? Well, you know, look, you know what they say. There's no bad neighborhoods. There's just bad people. So bad neighborhoods. Got it. And. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, I was, I've been watching a lot of de Blasio lately because I've been putting together that special about Ralph Friedman. And so part of that is that he's pretty critical of the mayor because the mayor is pretty critical of the police and pretty non-supportive of the police. And Ralph Friedman uh, was a cop for 14 years in the 70s and early 80s. And uh, he's the most decorated NYPD detective of all time. You guys have heard me speak of him. You've heard some of his stories on here. And uh, the special that I've been putting together, it's turned into a it's not just an interview it's like i'm adding all this other shit and that's my problem with editing it blossoms when it should be you you edit you're supposed to cut down and i end up adding a bunch of stuff right so i'm watching de blasio footage and it's uh the most unconvincing sort of like half-assed but completely obscene pandering that i've ever seen de blasio oh yeah i mean the way he speaks, he goes over the top. The city's in in such pain. He states it just like just straight up. We're, we're all feeling so much pain. Like, not everybody's feeling pain. Not all of us are feeling pain. Right. And he says things like, you know, our brothers and sisters who are in the clergy and feel a special sense of of challenge <laughs> and and of pain. He uses the word pain a lot. He's always. It's 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 just awful. It's it's just something about it. He's, he's generally speaking too. He'll have like a a lot of black people standing behind him, right. beside him, and stuff because he likes to. And just in case you forgot, he goes, "I was at the White House." Uh, the, I this is very personal to me. He's talking about Eric Garner's uh, yeah. thing. This is very personal to me. I was at the White House, and the President of the United States turned to me, and 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 you know he had met Dante a few months back, and he said. He said Dante looked like him when he was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> so that's in case you didn't remember that he has a black son. Sure. Can I just tell you a little funny uh, story? Um, <clears throat> de Blasio, I mean, the thing about de Blasio is he, he is kind of, um, 
Well, okay. This friend of mine was uh, helping de Blasio in his 2009 election for um, campaign for public advocate. Yes. And they were walking through, you know, I guess my friend was doing um, like door knocking. And they were walking through some project in Brooklyn. And um, this is when de Blasio was just a uh, councilman. But um, somebody. uh, He must have hated that. I think so. But some guy came up and was like, oh, I know you. You're the guy who likes black pussy. <laughs> and de Blasio, to his credit, very quickly said, Sir, I like all kinds of pussy. <laughs> Which is okay. kind of funny. I mean, yeah. I'll give the guy credit where it's due, but, yeah. you know, again, it's kind of pandering. Yeah. Uh, I think he was just doing it to avoid co-signing the liking black pussy thing, because I don't think, I, I'm not sure that he does. Really? You think it's all just a huge... I think he's had sex with her exactly twice. Wow. (laughs) I think it's all a huge Shirley. Well, I mean, she was a lesbian. I mean, an out lesbian. Yes. He's married to a black lesbian. And she's like eight years older than he is. And they don't seem to have any heat. You know what I mean? Like, they don't look to me to be uh, a couple that is, like, really on fire and and in love. Mm, You could be right. I don't know. Look, I, I I can't speak to that. I never see them together. Except when they go to a cop's funeral late, but uh, you 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 had a you spoke to De Blasio the other day. I find that fascinating. I you know I met him only once, and it was before I had any interest in politics at all or anything. Uh, so I got a picture with him. You know, I'm standing oh. I'm standing there with, eating a hot dog with him. Okay. Uh, and uh, he had a burner phone and everything. But whatever. He he, he was trying to be cool, and he wasn't. With, uh, he, he actually kind of kind of gave me a dig. Oh, I was with another guy. We told him we were comedians, or he, the guy, fucking said that. I would never say that. And he goes, "Huh? Well, you look pretty funny. I don't know about you. I don't, this, this, he, he didn't think that I looked like a funny person." Uh huh. Well, you well, know, he's what? paying the price now, right? Well, he's a, he's he's got a nasty kind of um, sarcastic, bitchy side. Oh yeah, I mean, he he leads with it usually. So tell me about this. Uh, you were you were at this uh, event, right? Well, it was a pre- event, not event, the same press the conference. monthly. Yeah, yeah right. the month. You know, he, at, at at one police plaza. Yeah, I have a press pass, so I can get into these things. Um, amazing. No, well, it's not that amazing. <laughs> if 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 you see who has them, you'd be less amazed. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to ask him about immigration, uh, because the day after. Well, when Trump announced his new bill to restrict, you know, to change the way we uh, admit people to the country legally, yeah, right? Um, de Blasio put out a tweet saying, you know, uh, that if his grandparents, if this law had been in effect 100 years ago, his grandparents would not have been able to come into the United States. Now, that struck me as funny because... Um, he talked about his grandmother uh, a few years ago, and I, I kind of did a little bit of research. It wasn't that much. Turns out that his grandmother and her sister, um, they lived over on, I think, 18th Street, uh-huh. and they ran a, um, a factory out of their house, like a sweatshop. And um, his aunt, or his grandmother's sister, his great aunt, was uh, arrested and convicted for um, like a fi- major fire code violations. So I thought that was interesting hmm. that the immigrant forebears he talks about so much were actually like... You know, I mean, I'm not going to blame him. You know, they they ran a sweatshop factory or whatever. Hey, what what sweatshop factory is up to code, really? Yeah, there you go. And but I mean, at the same time, however long ago this was, the bar was pretty low. <laughs> it was, but it was four years after the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. So, so they probably had just stepped it up. Yeah, they had stepped it up. 
Um, you know, it was 1915. I well, think. they should give them a little time to sort of, you know, grow into those new standards. But that's the, true. At that's any true. rate, so that's interesting about his family. So he mentioned his... I, I didn't know that he had mentioned that in a tweet. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's why... and Yeah, so it, that, that's kind of his go-to um, line. Yes. So oh, I, oh, of course, yeah. That's that's brilliant. He Because he, he, he likes to associate himself with whoever he feels is being victimized. Right. So he... Um, so I just asked him, well, you know, what is your opinion about immigration? And, uh, like, you know, what is the ideal number? I, you know, there's like about a billion people worldwide who would like to come to the United States. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and and did you ask him, like, what, what should the standards be? Yeah, right? I said, okay, what yeah. standards should there be? Should there be any standards? Is it really our business to decide who comes to the United States? Or is it really just... Uh, should should immigration policy basically be set by the people who want to come here, by the immigrants? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that seems... To, I mean, no, no one will ever give you an answer. Like, how many people should we accept? No, you're right. We already take about a million a year legally, which seems like... A, which is a lot. Yeah. But because no one will say, well, that's not enough. That's too much. Well, why do you suppose that is? That they won't say... Because what they really think is that it's not our business and that there should be open borders and anyone who wants to come should be able to come. And we shouldn't be able to count them even. We shouldn't be able to count them. We should, it, we, it's not really our business. <laughs> we, oh, you know, you've heard this before. You, oh, because you dropped out of some womb on easy. this soil. Easy, right? <laughs> you get to live here. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's 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 how it works. I mean, it's it's kind of lucky. Sure, it's. A, I mean, it's I, a lottery, but you know, you could say that about anything at any time in history. And there's a lot of shitholes in America. I mean, you're still taking your chances. That that's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, I think that that's pretty much the reason they don't want to talk about it because they don't. It, they'd rather just not answer it. They'd rather. I think that they believe that. Um, it's it's like an impertinent question in a way. It's an impertinent question, and you know what? Look, you here's the problem. You can either have a welfare state, which effectively we do, mm-hmm. or you can have open borders. But you can't have both. Like, a hundred years ago, when de Blasio's grandparents came here... Mm-hmm. You didn't need no welfare state. There was no welfare state. There was nothing. Everybody pulled his weight back then. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> okay, I got it. I didn't mean to make it... Uh, I didn't mean to break the hammer out on that. But, like, look, if you have, uh, if you have immigration, right? Now, it, it affects crime, too, right? So tell me this. We've talked about how the way they're, you know, getting rid of these laws and shit like that. Are the people who come here illegally able to get welfare and uh, or do they or do they have to go right to a life of crime? Cuz it's one or the other, of course. Um <laughs> technically speaking, an illegal immigrant should not be able to get any form of um welfare. However, there are exceptions. For instance, like hmm. okay, an illegal immigrant woman if she's pregnant, she's she can get uh, WIC money, like women, uh, infant, children. Now, okay, what do you get for that? You get like some milk, bread, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, they can go, look. Technically, they can't get Section Eight. They can't live in public housing. Okay, but their kids can. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because they'll be born here. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, you know, anchor babies, as they call them. Well, kind of. Yeah. yeah. So there's, and of course, illegal immigrants can go and get. You know, hospital, like, you know, in New York City particularly, uh-huh. they can go to the public hospital and be treated, and there's no... Um, no cost. There's no cost. In fact, they can come here, 
uh, and say, hey, uh, I just want to, you know, kind of, I feel, I don't feel that well. They'll admit them to a hospital and treat them basically like it's a spa. It's basically a spa day. This is, this is my understanding of it. Well, I mean, look. Let's not go crazy. On <laughs> All this. right. I mean, go over to Bellevue because and you'll see it's not really safe. Right. But Your point is taken. I talked to a, a nurse, a psychiatric nurse at Bellevue, and I, you know, because I was saying, well, how often, you know, so she said there was a guy um, who had shown up at the airport. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the fuck they got him on a plane from Africa. Half his brain is missing. They didn't know what to do with him. And now he's just been living in the psychiatric ward at Bellevue for like a year or two. Wow. Just wandering around. Like his, somebody put him on a... His family was like, well, let's get rid of him. Put yeah. Him people they, do this. They had half a mind to get rid of that guy. A lot of people get picked up at the bus station. People's relatives are just like, okay, put him in, put him on a bus. Put him in. Send him to New York. They'll take care of him. Yeah. yeah that's your, and, and right they were. And, 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 that's, and that's a great thing about the city in a way. Because, like, uh, you know, you don't want that half-brain motherfucker walking around in the streets. Well, I guess you have a point there. <laughs> I think that might be why the social services became so, you know, highly adapt adapted, you know. Because, like, uh, if they didn't do that, the streets would be running free with every maniac uh, that's locked up and uh, not paying anything. Well, you have, a, you have a point. Yeah. So, anyway, getting back to de Blasio, so I asked him this question yes. about what he should do. And I don't know if you want to... Well, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, you know what I'll do? Um, I'll, uh, let's listen to it now. Okay, that was the exchange. So run, take, take me through this again, because like, the way you phrased that was perfect. Well, so de Blasio said, well, if my grandmother, my grandparents had been kept under the, you know, been evaluated according to how Trump wants to evaluate them, they never would have come to the country because yeah. they didn't speak English. And they went and got, they, you know, went to college and they had children who went to college and, you know, all of this stuff. So, um, you know, so I just, I wanted to point out to him that uh, the fact that, the fact that his grandparents would not have been able to come here is not the basis for an immigration policy. (laughs) And that, in fact... Whether or not he was had been born or not, New York City would have continued, uh, uh, and we would still have a mayor today. It's it's difficult to imagine it would be a worse mayor too. Right. So you know this. You hear people say this. Do you think that? Do you realize that I would not have been able to come here? That I would. That your parent, your grandparents, might not have been able to come here. It's like okay, well, all right. So what? <laughs> okay, I get that. So yeah. what? Why is it that we have to base our immigration policy going forward on what it was like a hundred years ago? I don't know. There's a lot of things that we don't do that we did a hundred years ago. Yes. Uh, do we beat children in the schools? No. Do we let children work in mines? Well, push them no. into a radiator for once in a while. No. Um, do we have a federal income tax? Yes. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things. Yeah. Death and taxes, and Immigration, I guess, you know, uh, yeah. like, like it, see, the thing now is that it, it now is now. And if somebody tells you that, like, why well, wouldn't have been able to be here? Really, they're asking you to go on some kind of a weird theoretical journey into like, OK, so if I deprive somebody some future me. Yes. Who has a personality. Yes. And and, uh, and I should relate to that person yes. in some way and feel bad. It's oh, my God. Do you. Re- and the funny thing is, it's like, OK, but. 
the United States, it's just one country among, there's a lot of other countries. What about, oh my God, there's some genius living in, I don't know, uh, Libya or Egypt. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't get to come to the United States, he's going to have to stay there. It's like, okay, well, maybe he'll do a lot of great stuff there. Well, yeah, because he, he, he could be like some kind of like a, a, a nuclear scientist there, and then he's going to come here and have to drive a cab. Yeah. And what is, I mean, what's the sense that like things only happen here? I thought that all these liberals were supposed to be so sophisticated and broad-minded. Well, there's other places in the world where things go on. Let them stay there. What 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 is the big deal? What is it? I, is is it such a is it such a a punishment to just grow up where you were born? <laughs> that that's a good question because you know the way I would feel about it if I was thinking like, you know, I'm thinking about going to the United States or like, no, they got a new policy and I take it, I'd be like, oh, bummer. Oh, well. Right. I guess maybe Canada or maybe I'll just stay here. I yeah. I, I Look, I, I never had the desire to live in another country, but I mean, it's pretty good here. Look, they used to say that it used to be the international development. Like, let's make these these really poor countries better. Now the idea is, well, we're not going to make the countries better. We're just going to bring all the, all of their um, excess population here. Right. Let's make our country a little bit worse. Let's make our country worse. Because it does. It, I, I guess it could be said it makes it worse in some ways because, uh, you know, it, it's not this – the immigrants being our strength or diversity being our strength, that's the least challenged thing that I've ever – as far as an argument for that. I mean, it's just like that, that doesn't even – it. Do you see the logic of that? I have never once understood how diversity is anybody's strength. I suppose in the sense that, like, okay, if we're all friends uh, across all the lines that there are, you know. Yeah. But that's not what happens. I mean, no. like, I don't feel that kind of kinship is, is offered to me. Well, look, I'm I not feel gonna... I feel left out of that little love uh Group there. I mean, you don't even have to make a judgment about it, whether diversity is good or bad. Yeah. It's, I mean, clearly it's a challenge. Oh, it's, it's a challenge. Yeah. yeah. But why do you have to walk around saying it is our strength? It is uh, as if it's that is what it's it just is. It's patently obvious that that is the strength. Yeah. When it seems to me that it's, you know, not, I, I don't see why. Yeah. Uh, so, so basically, uh, what occurred to me is I went, I went downstairs to smoke a cigarette, and I the, there's a guy at the desk I didn't recognize, and it occurred to me that this guy, basically, in short, if there was a terrorist, if terrorists had taken over the building, yeah, I would not be able to immediately recognize it. Okay, and it's that way with many buildings in New York. Yes, uh, and 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 enough said. You know, I, I I know I buy a smoothie from a guy about two or three times a week over there, and I and I. We're buddies a little bit, and we don't communicate at all. Right. You know, so English, you know, I mean, like, uh, it's, it's a great language. I, I think that the idea is, didn't the immigrants before used to want to assimilate a little bit more? They had kind of a, more of an interest in sort of, like, coming here and getting with the program. I think that that was, um, I think a lot of them still do. For some reason, a lot of the people, like the, the guilty liberal whites you were talking about, uh-huh really like pushing this idea that that they shouldn't right 
Well, is that out of guilt, or are they just trying to ruin everything? I think they just want to ruin everything. I, I, I think that is the case. I, I think that that's, that's basically what it comes did down to. Did you hear about Tom Wopat? Oh, my God. I don't know if this happened in New York, but I have to mention it. My goodness. Uh, he was, he's, uh, he's been busted for allegedly committing a vile act on an actress working with him in a production of the musical 42nd Street. Woman told police 65-year-old actor was rehearsing the show. This happened in Massachusetts, Waltham, Massachusetts. 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 I, uh, yeah, you know, my, uh, I seldom said that word as a child. <laughs> okay. Massachusetts. I'll add it all that out. Uh, so yeah, no, so it was, yeah, this, uh, you remember Tom Wopat? He's Luke Duke. He from the, yes, from the Dukes of Hazard. Fucking Luke Duke. He stuck his finger between her butt cheeks, for Christ's sake. They reported this on TMZ. She walked. He walked behind her and stuck his finger in her butt cheeks. Well, Luke Duke's just having a little fun. <laughs> right, right. Hell, did he say yeehaw? He was a good old boy. Just never mean no harm. Um, now, did he, I guess he stuck his hand down her pants. Is that it? Like he stuck his finger down her pants? It, it didn't say that. I think he just stuck it between her butt cheeks, like her jean butt cheeks. Let me because, uh, because, uh, man, these, do your headphones, like, do this shit. I have this thing. I'm sitting at my desk. I use my headphones a lot to edit. Yeah. And fucking, I will yank these things off my head by fucking uncrossing my legs. Right. And it's it makes me angrier than anything has ever made. Yeah, me. it gets me really like, it actually steams me up as though somebody did it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? He's, he can, okay, confront about the other. Okay, the woman told police 65-year-old actress rehearsing a show in Waltham, Massachusetts. And uh, this is in July, July 23rd. He walked behind her and stuck his finger between her butt cheeks. Now, uh, it doesn't mention anything about getting inside her clothing. Now, when confronted about the allegation, Wopat denied touching the woman and said, fuck them all. Uh, Fuck them all. Wow. Interesting. Uh, Wopat uh, was accused of wrapping his arm around another woman's hip and pulling her towards him during rehearsals. What? (laughs) Like, you sick... Sick man. I mean, were they? Um, was that like an, a, a choreographed move? I guess not. <laughs> I, uh, it's yeah. That, that'd be great. When then that would be the next level. Well, yeah. If they have guys going into rehearse dancing and going, "What did you just do?" Right. <laughs> They're trying to get everybody, you know, in jail, accused of rape. Sure. Do you think they're trying to keep men out of universities? Because um, a lot of guys don't go now. That's for sure. I don't know, you know, if they're intentional. I think they're trying to get as many people to go as they can because they want, you know, they they certainly like the money. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Um, and I think it would be useful to get more men going so they could brainwash them. Yes, that's true. But you know, I, the 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 compelling reasons to go to a liberal arts college are are fading very quickly. <laughs> Were there ever any? I. I feel like... Other than to piss off your dad or something? I feel like the scam is kind of wearing thinner and thinner. Yes, if you're in a liberal arts college, wake up and smell the year 2017. Uh, I I, I don't know. I didn't graduate college. I did not not get my degree. I did not get my degree. Well... I majored in calligraphy, and I said, what's the point? It probably hasn't had that much of a negative impact, has it? No. Look at the success I've become. As a result, uh, hey, uh, he alleged. Okay, back to Tom Wopat here yes. momentarily, because these allegations seem strangely weak 
other than the finger between the butt cheeks, I'm I'm struggling to find. Well, I still don't understand. Did he just like put his? Was this on the outside of her pants? It doesn't say. But if it if it was down her pants, they would say maybe she was wearing very short shorts. And because I saw a pair of short shorts today, where I was, I could swear that that with that much ass hanging out, it looked very, it looked very much like like I was about to see something mm-hmm. really really personal. Well, I was walking up the stairs in um, Grand Central Terminal or get out of the subway um, a couple oh, yeah. months ago. That's always entertaining. And there was a woman. I mean, she was not old. She was maybe twenty, and she was right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And on the stairs, and she had a skirt, and I don't think she was wearing underpants. Like I looked up, and I saw her, her entire ass. I mean, maybe she was wearing a thong, but it didn't look like it. Yeah, she. Uh, she very odd. She liked you, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, no other way to explain I, it. Before we continue the Tom Opaz, right? I have noticed that this summer, um, women. In New York, appear to be. Uh, it, it appears that um, breast exposure has become more. I mean, I'm not saying full exposure, but women's shirts, blouses, whatever, they've become very revealing. Have you noticed this? I have, and I've noticed it in a not in in the way uh, where they, there's a lot of the actual breast exposed, but your shirts that are uh, see through, shirts that are are textured in such a way to uh, allow you to see the shape of the nipple and mm-hmm. the color of the nipple and stuff like that. You know, basically just, I saw one uh, on the way in and uh, perfect little uh, bouncy tits or whatever and uh, just kind of like not uh, in a bra at all, nothing. Yeah. Just, and it was really neat. It's, I thought it was a really neat thing. I, I I mean, I'm not complaining about this. It's, I, it's a I, neat I, way to go, though, you know, because like, you're still clothed, yeah. right? But you're just like being a... Completely exposed at the same time. Right. It's cheating. Kind of. I don't know what happened with Tom Bopat. It sounds like the jury's out. It sounds like we're off the yoga pants now, though, it seems like pretty much around town. Have you noticed that? I, I'm not seeing, I'm seeing yoga pants, but I'm not seeing the, the big, like, the, the camel toes that I was seeing. Uh, yeah, I feel like yo- uh, yoga pants, it's kind of, um, it's kind of, uh, peaked a little bit. Maybe, it's, maybe women are kind of, um, yeah, realizing that there's something a little, uh, Basic, as they might say, about just wearing <laughs> yoga pants all the time. Something basic about yoga, too. I mean, let's face it. Once, once you have a girlfriend that fucks you, a yoga teacher, your instructor, you're never going to like really be down with yoga. That's what I, a friend told me. That uh, here's one last allegation about Tom Wopat. Okay, sure. He allegedly pulled sunburned skin off a third woman's arm during rehearsals. Well. Is that an, is that supposed to be sexual? They they hate Tom Wopat. I think they just hate Luke Duke, and they're like, uh, we are gonna. He's going down. I think that I think the first allegation might have been real, and then out of sympathy and Me Tooism, right? These girls are like, well, he touched me inappropriately. Yes, he pulled he sunburned pulled, he skin pulled off some, my He pulled some skin off. Yeah, uh, which is gross, and you shouldn't do it. And like you know, but whatever. It, it's not a, a fucking thing. I mean, it doesn't feel like anything. It's dead skin. This reminds me of, um, you know, the whole Russia-Trump collusion um, <laughs> effort. It's like a witch hunt. They're, now everybody's ganging up on Tom Wopat. Because, yeah, you have a, cause you have, now you have a headline right. saying that he's a hazard. Just right. some easy oh. wordplay. However, yeah, it's a grope arrest, and that's a big deal. 
I don't. I thought gro- see groping is not going to be one of those things that they just like downgrade. Scott Stringer, as we know, uh, not Scott Stringer. What I'm saying, Cyrus Vance has. Uh, he's trying to get twenty thousand uh, crimes. Trying to get us down twenty thousand crimes. Okay, that's his. That's his goal. You notice how like De Blasio has Vision Zero, which means the goal is zero deaths from traffic. Yeah, but no such initiative for crime. <laughs> no, of. no vision for crime. For right. crime. Uh, I mean, look, they are driving crime down. Are they? Well, I think. I think what they're doing is uh, recategorizing it. Yeah, but and they're driving crime down by legalizing shit. Well, which, there's which, that, which, but, but we're it, talking. I'm talking about index crimes. They like might be major oh. crimes. Oh, they're they're not. You don't think they're downgrading those? Maybe they're not. You can do that to some extent. Not with murder, but with with uh, with rape, you can. I think rape and uh, felony assault and burglary, yeah. but it, especially it, look, with assault, there's a lot of leeway. It does seem as though there that crime is um. Going down. I mean, we've had th- this July. Apparently, was had very few murders. Yeah, you know. That's, look, that's I, look great. I'm not going to wish that there were more murders, just because I don't, you know, like De Blasio and his pleasing strategy. Well, that's the difference in you and me. I, uh, I also <laughs> think that uh, the graffiti is out of hand. Mm. So broken windows will. I, w- I think that what we're looking at now is basically, it's it's like a little experiment. Let's see if all the broken windows, because there are many. Yes. Let's see if if it, the neighborhood goes to shit. Right. And and the city goes to shit. I think so. Unfortunately, you know, I mean, by the time we realize that. It's going to be too late. It'll be too late. I mean, here's the thing. Criminals live at the edge, right? They, they, they live at the edge of things. So they're always testing limits. Yes. And they know perfectly well, better than anyone else, where the lines are. What like what you can get away with? Oh, okay, yeah. They're not really bothering like people who jump turnstiles. Oh, I can pee here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can do this. I can do that. Oh, yeah. if I throw my trash into the into the um, subway tracks, it's not going to be a big deal. Starts a fire. Okay, yeah, the tracks. Are, but and so they're always testing limits. And and so like you say, they know where the lines are. But the thing is, those uh, those crimes when you prosecute them. The, there's a continuity in behavior with a guy. If you commit big crimes, you're obviously not going to like buy a metro card and swipe into the subway. You know, that doesn't make any sense. You're like, fuck that. I'll steal that too. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Sure. It, most criminals are not going to like be law abiding in these in all these little ways. So that's why it's a great way to catch them because a, being a criminal is a it's a state of mind. It's not just doing crimes. It's like a way of thinking. Right. And so that's what you have. I I'm I'm completely on board with it. So like uh, we will see if if uh, in this little petri dish what happens. This little petri dish dish that we call New York City. Seth Baron, I can tell you're bored. No, ready. not at all. <laughs> and, it's, and it's time. <laughs> I can't believe that you get to talk to the mayor in such an insulting way. That was so funny. The best part was O'Neill sitting there next to him. And he just gets this broad grin on his face, and you can just see the corner of it. Just like, oh man, you really made his day. <laughs> O'Neill wishes he could be a cop again, you know. Well, now God, God bless him. He's an administrator now, telling people, uh, "What? What is it? Uh, we failed. We failed." Yeah, right. and and the training and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
look, best of all of them, you know what I mean? I think, uh, do you think that, that uh, I'm not going to get into it. Somebody said the other day that, that it, was, it was Ralph Friedman. He said that, that de Blasio was the worst mayor he's ever seen. Okay. And that's, that's you know, he's been here for 68 years. Yeah. So um, he goes back through. Dinkins. Dinkins, and there was a guy in the 70s, Kite or something like that. I can't remember a his name. Beam. Bean, that's it. Yeah, Bean. Uh, beam. Uh, you what you th- What is Mayor Kike? Is that what you called him? <laughs> I said Kite. It's <laughs> Mayor Kike. Jaime <laughs> uh, Town. Do you remember when? When? Uh, yes. When he sang that. How did he? How did, how did he get? Think it was a different world then, wasn't it? Jesse Jackson singing Jaime Town on Saturday Night Live. He it wasn't. He didn't say it on Saturday Night Live. He said it in a um, in a private interview. I thought that he. Uh, I thought that he sang it though on on an episode of Saturday Night Live. Now I have to check. This might be, you know, parallel to the actual episode of the show. So I've kept you long past the time I had promised, and uh, I'm going to let you go. Uh, go to uh, City Journal and and read Seth Baron, uh, and it's easy to find. It's city-journal.org. That's right. And uh, you can also follow him on Twitter at NYC Council Watch, and uh, do do check it out. Sometimes he has a uh, funny uh, little exchanges with the uh, spokesman for the mayor. You're right, you're right there, man. Like sort of a gnat flying around the city hall. I try. Yeah, that's really the best any of us can hope for. Exactly. To be a minor irritation to those right. that we can't stand. Yeah. Uh, and that's what uh, I hope that uh, hey. If I can help you out in any way, let me know. If you need a translation of something, uh, I'm, I'm, if you need me to explain what somebody meant, sometimes people say obscure shit. Now, I'm not really getting a lot of action on this. I mean, I've put this out here many times, and I've got a little, and I'm not always going to read them on the air. because Look, it's a personal thing between us anyways. I don't know why it has to be such a thing. If you need an interpretation, I'm the guy, okay? Anything. Also, Compound Media, I hope you're doing it. If you're not watching it yet... Maybe someday, maybe this will be the week. So think about it. That's not that much. $5 a month, compound media. $5 a month. And uh, like it's I said, thousands very, of hours. It's actually very cheap. It is cheap. It's cheaper than Netflix. And I know that Netflix has a wide variety of programs. However, a wide variety of shit. There's a lot of stuff you're never going to watch. And there's eight shows that are all watchable. And which, I mean, they're all funny. They're all great. They're all expertly done. And it's not like one of these things where you ever see like a web show and you're like, well, this looks really chintzy and shitty. It looks like a TV show. Oh, yeah. It's very well done. You'll enjoy it. There's a lot of uh, graphic stuff and stuff like that. I'm very proud of the New York City Crime Report uh, version that I do there. Maybe you're here uh, from Compound Media. And if so, like you've uh, seen me there and you're coming over to this podcast, you know, hey, it gets to be a lot. So I know. How much Pat Dixon can you take? Hopefully, a lot. A I, I think lot. just a fucking shitload. <laughs> Thanks for doing it. And, uh, all right, hey, uh, uh, thanks for more time, Seth Barron. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Control to finally subdue the dog. My God, I had no idea it was that bad. Joe Montgomery says the family just put up this beware of dog sign. He's just grateful now that no children were hurt. They, they should have heated that themselves. Beware yeah. of our own dog. They should have hung that in the damn kitchen. And they should have put up a sign, beware of dog up, right around the dog's neck. You know, I got a friend who puts costumes on dogs, and she calls them pretties. What, calls the dogs pretties? No, she calls the little outfits pretties. She says, you want to wear a pretty? Did she ever get bit? No. She asked you if you want to wear a pretty?
<laughs> no. Do you? I want to wear a pretty. Yeah, I yeah. thought you might. That's why I said that. I she mean, didn't. I'm wearing a pretty, but I wouldn't mind wearing a second pretty. I wouldn't call it what you got on a pretty. It's a pretty. <laughs> See, and then this guy, thank God no children was hurt. They always care about that. That's, all, that's, that's, that's so important. Thank God. That dog looked like, uh, that dog looked like he won. Well, yeah, he won. He had a look on his face like, I didn't wear no God you dang sweater. He didn't have a sweater you on. You may him. have noticed. Headline, no sweater. You know, I, I think I got it figured out how come he did that attacking. Why he bit her. Because he said, why would he bite her? Just trying to put on a Christmas sweater. Jew dog. Oh. He's got, he's probably a Jew dog. Or he might have um, just... Kwanzaa, maybe. Yeah, Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa dog. Could be. You said he could be dangerous. Who's that guy? He's a neighbor. He's the one that said, thank God no children was hurt. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And then uh, he said, if that dog gets out, he could be dangerous. Yeah, he could be dangerous. Because you know how people are always trying to put a sweater on a dog. I'm gonna, that dog would attack over nothing. I'm going to do an interview, and uh, there's a big... Manson spree, I'm going to say, I just wish more children had been hurt. Yeah. You think they'll use so that on the news? Shame. It's just a shame that more children wasn't hurt. I just wish that there had been little babies around to well, die. They, actually, there was. Sharon Tate got her stomach ripped out, and she had a baby in her. You didn't know that? She I'm, was pregnant, and they cut her up. I knew that. Okay, now I feel bad. I'm sorry, Sharon Tate's baby. Well. <laughs> Sharon Tate was trying to put a Christmas sweater on Manson families. Put, no, they wasn't either. You, they didn't, and she didn't, and you, you, you're thinking with your joke head. That's the problem. <laughs> so he never, he never attacked nobody I know of on this street. But he has now. So right now that dog is with animal control. At this point, we're still waiting to learn whether or not that dog will have to be put down. We're live here at Tampa. Oh, Island. you think? Yeah, he might mysteriously fall down some stairs or something. Get him a, do a job in retail. That dog was, oh, yeah, because of his sweater. <laughs> if that dog was my dog, I'd say, you shoot that dog. First thing when you get here, 911, we got a dog needs to be shot. 911, can you transform me to shoot a dog, please? Shoot a dog. Is they a shoot a dog company? Why would they try to save it? Well, because they can rehabilitate it. How would they do that? Well, just with some songs and... Songs is what they do. And some touches. Well, hell, that's apparently what you call rehabilitating. I call foreplay. Yes. Maybe that's what you mean. Songs, touches... F dog fucking... Songs, touches, and pretties. Sometimes. Songs, touches, and pretties. Songs, touches, and pretties. I believe that was the name of an old uh, record. Uh, Mel Torme or something. I just songs, need touches, and pretties. Songs, touches, and pretties. Well, it brings me to my knees. And you need to be brought in there. That's uh, for sure. Yeah. Let's listen to this story again. All right, from the beginning. <laughs> 